Welcome into the DNVR Gaming Podcast brought to you by Golf Remembered It Fully for Free today at DNVRGolf.com. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. With me, as always, is the team from DNVR Avalanche, Rudo, and joining us for this very special edition of our own video game awards show that I guess we're calling the Gaze. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll see. We're working on that. Is my good friend from Crashing Game Night, Matt Diorio. And first of all, thanks for... I'm going to start with you. These two guys barely paid any attention to it last night. What were your thoughts on the actual Game Awards where they take themselves very seriously? The actual Game Awards where it takes it seriously? Um, honestly, it, most of it's now pre-show now. I mean, they do so many awards pre-show, and it's all about the reveals and stuff. And honestly, a lot of it wasn't was very lackadaisic. Um, like I was on the guys uh, pre-show is that I kind of wish I didn't ditch out on Disney Investor Day during the show because it was there was both going right. on right now. Um, totally. Now, granted, we got some really good reveals. I mean, like Perfect Dark. Um, now we can see what the initiative is up to. Um, I joke around with some of my friends though that are huge Xbox fans, and I'm like, well, now you guys get a game made by Sony because part of the initiative is X Naughty Dog and X Sony Santa Monica. Guys that worked on Uncharted, God of War, you know. So we're gonna see that, um, and then Mass Effect. That teaser trailer was enough to keep me <laughs> occupied for a while, but it wasn't bad. Right. I mean, last Last of Us getting you know Last of Us getting Game of the Year was honestly not a surprise. It's the it was the the darling so to speak, um, but it wasn't my personal Game of the Year though. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I, it, it had a big the Oscars where somebody sweeps through and wins a whole lot. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I I typically don't care as much who wins and, and loses. I agree with your assessment though that I was a little bit disappointed in the just kind of. I feel like we've seen a lot. They showed Mass Effect, but it sure was mm-hmm. a little Mass Effect. Um, what what kind of level of excitement? You know, for me, for level of excitement for Mass Effect, um, it's a little tempered this time around because Andromeda bombed so badly. And, you know, I, I'm going to try and go back and replay it again, but it just wasn't the same. But the fact that they're, they're kicking off the trailer with Liara to Sony, um, which that means they are, we are going back to the Shepard verse. We are going back to where we belong. Um, and the fact that during N7 Day, um, back on November 7th, you know, Casey did announce that it is the A team that's working on on Mass Effect now. Hopefully, EA doesn't pull away from them like they did with Anthem to help make FIFA. Um, I know AJ, you were we were talking about the Mass Effect trailer earlier, and you're. I'll let you kind of talk about level of excitement there. Yeah, I mean, uh, I watched it last night. Rudo and I were mid raid when it when it happened, and then when it got done, it was the very first thing that I did. And I went, I watched it last night, and then I kind of processed it. And then when we got done with the abs pod today, I frame by framed it to see what I could find, I, I could pick out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> start opening opening the trailer with both uh, the Andromeda Galaxy and the Milky Way Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Is this? I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a continuation of both. Uh, I don't know if they're trying to tie them both together. You know, Andromeda took place between the first and second Mass Effects, so I'm not sure yep. how they would pull that off. Um, it it having Liara pick up an N7 thing in the snow and dust it off with a little ship in the background. Mm-hmm. At least one yeah. of those characters in the background looked like he was a Solarian. You couldn't really tell what the other two were, but one of them definitely looked like he was wearing Turian armor. Cool. Um, frame by frame did as best I could to try and pick out some some tiny details. Um, interesting stuff, but it, it just... The biggest question for me is they put both galaxies in there. That's 100% intentional, and it just feels like they're going to try and tie them together. I don't know how they're going to do that. To be honest, I'm a little disappointed we're headed back to Shepard. I would be okay. I was kind of hoping we could move on completely from it mm-hmm. and just have that be the basis of the universe. Um, just seeing how S- Star Wars forced the Skywalker thing 
serves as kind of a, a warning to me about how if you get too obsessed with your main storyline, you can really lose your way creatively. Because if you look at all the offshoot stuff from Star Wars, almost all of it is better than its main nine movie storyline. And that, that I think, was instructive. You have a gigantic sci-fi universe that you can you can play with. And for them to kind of go back to the Shepherd-verse, as you called it, makes me a little nervous. I'm obviously hyped as hell for it. It looks awesome. It's got Liara right there. And you're like, okay, she yep. was a great character. Um, maybe the <laughs> character that grew the most from when you first mm-hmm. meet her in the first game to the end of the series, she maybe Absolutely. had the most growth throughout the whole thing. So to see what she's up to, and you remember her people, her people live hundreds of years. So you don't know how old she is. We don't know how far in the future this could be uh, yeah. because she, she has such a long lifespan compared to humans that who, who knows where, where in the mm-hmm. timeline this actually is. But it was the fact that I can have this conversation and and spend four minutes just talking about it, like tells you it was a really well done teaser because there was enough to pick out to keep you interested, but not so much that we're, we we can tear anything down. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, honestly, when I say Shepherdverse, I mean like Liara and with Garrus. And and that whole crew, right? Shepard, yeah. if we move on from Shepard, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because depending on the ending that you went with, you know, on Mass Effect 3, you know, he, he does meet untimely demise. But um, ultimately, I think it, it's good. It's like you pointed out. We, we talked about it now for another, you know, good five minutes. And all it was was a minute teaser trailer. Yeah. It's just a teaser, and it had enough packed in there that it was like, "Yep, okay." So I'm, 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 I'm amped for it, but there is. What, I'm cautious. What was, the, what was the last good Bioware game? Um, are we talking before EA got their hooks into them? <laughs> Doesn't even matter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Mass Effect Two, I think, honestly, was the last great Bioware game um, because Mass Effect Three you could tell where EA really exerted their influence and put in a lot of that where you have to go multiplayer to get the, the platinum, to even get the good ending to the game. Um, and the fact that EA, you know, made them go with a two-minute ending. And then Bioware had so much backlash that they had to go in and repatch the game. I mean, if you want to talk about multiplayer, I guess um, Old Republic, I've heard good things about, but I haven't played it. So I can't really say that. But yeah, I mean, Anthem bombed. Dragon Age Inquisition wasn't great. Andromeda bombed. So I think that if Mass Effect and Dragon Age both bomb, you're, this is going to be the end of Bioware. Yeah. And EA is going to chew them up, spit them out, and be done with it. This is... that This upcoming iteration of Mass Effect actually kind of feels like what we were facing with Shadowlands, with, with World of Warcraft, where... Either succeed or go under. <laughs> exactly the previous yep. iter- the previous iteration just was not popular. People didn't like it. It didn't do mm-hmm. well. People were pissed about it. If Shadowlands didn't do well, that might have it might have started to to be the death knell of of Wow. Finally, right? Yep. And instead, Shadowlands. I mean, Rudo and I are playing it every night. It's awesome. It's mm-hmm. so good. Everybody's happy with it. It's selling like crazy. It's kind of revitalized Wow as a franchise. That's exactly what Mass Effect needs because if it doesn't, yep. the franchise is dead. It's over. Yep. the The line between success and failure there is so thin, and yep. with with Mass Effect particularly, I think they even said mm-hmm. after the trailer they were like, "This is in super early pre production, so yeah, take a, take it with a grain of salt." <laughs> I I say we're at least three four years out for it. Uh, we better be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm having some interesting, fun, technical difficulties. I have no idea to what extent I'm close to real time by now. But um, uh, the one last <laughs> I wanted to drop in there from uh, that before we get into our own awards and just celebration of our own favorite games of the year was if anybody saw, saw anything new, they're particularly excited about the only thing that got me like legit stoked. And I may not even play this cause I'm not huge on 
MMOs, but I thought that what they showed off for Crimson Desert looked phenomenal. I like that looked dope. So I don't know if anyone else saw something new they wanted to say. Hey, yeah, actually, a new property I, I hadn't thought of. I'm intrigued at the very least. I mean, that's it, from the same people who did Black Desert online. So I'm expecting it to be quite similar, which Black Desert online was fun, but I, it sure, lacked a little yeah. bit of depth for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the only thing for me is even though I don't have an Xbox, I don't plan on picking up one, it is going to be Perfect Dark, though, because I'm interested to see where the initiative takes it. And Xbox, after the fiasco that was the reveal of Halo Infinite, needs something exclusive to really help drive console sales because, unfortunately, Game Pass, yes, it is a great value. It is not a system seller. It really isn't. You You need these games, and... You know, to have Halo Infinite not there and ready to go, you know, it does hurt because you look at all their marketing material, it was all about Halo. You know, they had tie-ins with Taco Bell and, you know, the whole boxes was all Halo. So, um, you know, and I will always support all those guys that used to come out of Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica, um, those guys. And they did find a new home with the initiative. It's right literally down the street from Sony Santa Monica. Um, the studio and whatnot. So I'm anxious to see what they do because Xbox really needs exclusive games. They need these new studios to really start packing a punch to make it show that their investment in these now 20 studios was worth it. Yeah, I mean, perfect. a, a new Perfect Dark is the kind of thing that would push me mm-hmm. towards an Xbox. Um, it's funny because I think we talked about Perfect Dark on our last show. Yeah. Um, uh, as as like an underrated game that kind of got yep. lost in yep. time. Um, at the time, it was like it's funny because it was such a huge deal with me and my friends, um, because we were we were just a little too old for Goldeneye, or a little too young for Goldeneye. And then Perfect mm-hmm. Dark was like right in our our age range where we started yep. we started wanting to shoot each other in video games, you know, as one does. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know that age. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. age where you you don't want to team up with your friends anymore. You want to murder them. Yep. So a perfect you know, dark is exactly uh, the kind of franchise things. that. Yep. Like I I love Halo, so Halo was obviously going to be enough. But throw Halo and Perfect Dark in there. Now all of a sudden you're talking about something that's interesting, because mm-hmm. I've been sitting here wondering, okay, well, what's Xbox going to do to make me want to buy their system? PlayStation all always has stuff that oh i've I've bought every playstation ever uh and even though i'm not a huge console guy anymore and it's because they always have just those three or four titles that i i have to play i gotta i gotta get my hands on them and the xbox has fallen off on that over the years it's it's been a slow decline uh and because i never cared about fable you know it it didn't have a great line (laughs) so it it, this this is a big thing, you know. That with we, they're going to bring back Perfect Dark. They need to uh, give me another give me another Conquer game too, and you guys can really win me over. It's tough because I was very much Team Xbox growing up, but now it's like, well, I can play ninety five percent of these games on Steam on my PC. So why even bother getting an Xbox? Yep. Well, I think the nice thing though for you for you AJ too is like. <laughs> but I think for AJ though, with you having PC, right, and <laughs> Sony now now dipping their toe into the PC realm, you know, Horizon, Death Stranding, yeah. um, they are looking at you know potentially other titles going PC in the future, and I think honestly that's that's a win win for everybody. You know, PC gamers get to experience the rich catalog that is the Sony Studios, but then also. Sony Studios get more income to help make better games. Yeah, and I've always said that um, one of the things I I liked the least about the gaming market has been the constant battle for exclusives and stuff. Like, I I love that I can have a PC and sit back and play a large portion of the market. Really, the only system that I absolutely have to buy to play a a significant library of games is a Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I have to buy every generation of the Nintendo because you always get a new Mario, you always yep. get a new Zelda, you get a Mario Kart. You get too many 
high quality triple A titles that you're not going to get anywhere else and never go on sale. So it's like Nintendo, like Nintendo yeah. has the exclusive market figured out. They make their own sure. stuff in house and they make them at the yep. absolute highest level. And then if you dare try and have fun playing them with your friends, they shut you down. <laughs> uh, you know, he's not wrong. <laughs> and on that note, um, I think I'm close to real time. I'm going to have to work like a host of an actual award show and just pop in like really quickly and thing and then let you guys have the conversation. Uh, that'll be fun. And how this is going to work, too, is we're just going to decide no voting process there's no electorate we got some nominees here we're gonna talk about them and if we don't feel like any of them deserve an award guess what you don't get an award welcome to dnvr <laughs> gamies that's how it works here if we decide nice. and i bring that up because our first category quite frankly is the one where we got to start that's where you know three of the four people on this podcast make their profession and it is in the world of sports and quite frankly Sports games, they're stuck in the mud, man. There's there's some good games on here, and we can talk about the qualities. But, uh, you know, the there needs to be innovation. I mean, even when you look at these names right here, I'll, I'll give you the nominees, and I'll let everybody else talk about it. But the nominees for best sports sim of the year are MLB The Show 20, FIFA 2020, I mean, pick a FIFA, whatever, Madden 21, NBA 2K21, and NHL. 21. I mean, it's just, it's the same franchises. They've got a monopoly. They've got a toehold on the sim market. Very few of those have innovated in any meaningful ways over the last couple of years. So gentlemen, which of those deserves an award for best sports sim of the year? Do we just tell them all to go home and and do better next time? Burn it down. Yeah, definitely. Burn it down. I mean, I mean, I love the show, but the, the, I, the, all of those franchises can suck it. I, the, I, the sports different. market yeah. of games will never be good until the leagues allow multiple different yep. people to make their yep. games. As long as it's one maker only, it will just be repetitive. Yeah, the greatest argument for capitalism ever is the sports gaming industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I would I would agree with Rudeau's sentiment on that is, you know, because MLB's got the first party rights, you know, you've got NFL made the deal for Madden and mm. all that. I, mm. you know, competition breeds innovation. And when there's not competition there, you don't have anybody pushing because honestly, I would say Madden, the best years of Madden were when 2K was around making football games. Right. Right. I mean, even even when Madden in the mid '90s, you know, when you had like yeah. NFL Quarterback Club and stuff like that, yeah. like, they <laughs> Madden, Madden had to take over that market. Mm-hmm. Like it had to come in and be the best because there were already yep. people there. It wasn't like Madden was born the best. You know, we started off with Tecmo, uh, you know, Tecmo Super Bowl and stuff, and we went from there. It forced people to continue to make better games, and then yep. since the exclusive agreements nothing and then yeah. my biggest complaint and I, I i think i make this point on maybe every show that we do but <laughs> the fun like adrenaline sports games just don't exist anymore there's no blitz there's no nba jam there's no nhl hits none of that stuff exists I mean, and those are the most fun to play with your friends nba playground is the closest thing to an nba jam and that thing's terrible it sucks you know i have it on i have yeah. it on the switch and it's garbage <laughs> it's just so hard to sell a sports game, especially without all these like third-party ones that don't have official naming licenses. Yeah, and and there are people that work like day and night, like uh, Eastside Hockey Manager, where there are just fans of the game that make these rosters for it, but it will never sell even anywhere close to to anything like the the officially licensed games. It's just not a fair fight. Yeah. I saw that right, HL did. I know, right? Uh, I saw they did a thing where they <laughs> had like a more arcadey type of like uh, throwback to the Sega games that you could get if you had pre-ordered NHL 21, which I didn't do. And I went and saw it on there. I was like, "Oh, this looks neat. I'm going to see if I can buy it for like five bucks or ten bucks." And you nope. can't. You can't get it if you didn't pre-order. So I was like, "This actually looks exactly like something AJ and I have talked about before, like a three-on-three." 
blood-filled arcade hockey game with old-school graphics that people in the DNVR community would love to come together and play, but we can't. What it really is is I some mean, subsidiary of. Uh, last time you last time you had that was 1997-1998 when you had the NHL version of Blitz and NBA Jam. Yeah, yeah. Back when and you know, back when amazing. you know, back when Messier was still with the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at the the Blades of Steel games; those were awesome, mm-hmm. and they yep. gave way to the NHL hits games in the early two thousands, yep. which were awesome. And then, what did they do? What, what, what? How did they screw up the third NHL hits games? Because there were two really good ones. What was wrong with the third one? Mm-hmm. It was five v five, and they tried to turn it into an NHL yep. sim, and people were like, "This isn't why I play hits." I don't play hits to worry about positioning and gap control and all this nonsense. I do it because I can dress up like a snowman and punch an alien through the glass. <laughs> That's what I do. Yep. Let's go. Pretty much. It uh, turns out most days I want to play video games. I don't want to play a sports simulation that's true to life. I, I think that's just at the end of the day what it is. Yeah. And and Give I some Mario enjoy Strikers. Those, straight up. <laughs> Straight up, I'm 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 with you guys. I, there's got to be the other stuff too. As much as I do yeah. enjoy my very realistic baseball sim, sometimes it makes me throw stuff and break my controller and and do all of that. But I, I agree with all of you. Nobody gets an award. Let's hear Billy Crystal say what AJ did in an award show the other day. Everything in this category sucks. You get no no awards. We're moving on. Yeah, <laughs> that's how we start the show here at the DNVR Gaming Awards. But we have been talking a little bit about alternatives to those now these are really like alt sports sims but arcadey but these are alt sports games so our best non-traditional sports game category the nominees are the tony hawk one and two remake uh we count this as ongoing but it, it it's always updating and hey they gave a bunch of awards to among us which came out two years ago so if they can do it so can i we're nominating rocket league in best non-traditional sports game Steep, the snowboarding sim, I suppose it is, Arcadia, and Fire Pro Wrestling. Those are the nominees for best non-traditional sportsy type experience. Uh, thoughts on any of those? I mean, Tony Hawk remake, old game, but fantastic game. Thank you for capitalizing on the always <laughs> powerful nostalgia factor. Right. <laughs> Now we just get to do old man Tony Hawk and his kid. I mean, <laughs> I think I'll be in the minority in this category, but I think it. I think the award should go to Rocket League because it is the only game, even including The Sims, we were just talking about, that has mm-hmm. a successful esports scene. And I know, like NHL yeah. and, and NBA, have their like one tournament a year where people yep. can actually win money, but Madden too. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Rocket League has like an entire circuit. They have events yeah. and all the time with pro teams on them. Yep. It's it's by far not only the best game of the bunch, I think it, the most successful on a on a bigger level. Well, and you look at it, Rocket League started out as a, a PlayStation Plus freebie game. Yep. And look how it grew. It it got a popular, you know, after it came off the free month, everyone was like, hey, I'm now going to go buy it. They dumped money into it. You've got, they bought skins. Then they were able to move it over to, you know, the other platforms. And they've just been growing ever since. And I would absolutely agree with Rudo. It is, you know, honestly, from the esports scene, the only thing I think would probably in a non-traditional type sense is I think Splatoon is probably the only thing that rivals it right now on the esports scene. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. yeah, and you can't reward Nintendo with anything right now. That's, <laughs> they're, uh, that's, that's AJ saying that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not allowed. I am I am a massive Nintendo fanboy, but you can't act like they have been lately and get any kind of credit yeah. for a multiplayer game. Oof. Yeah. Our, um, I, yeah, I think I think that's right. I, I agree with what's been said here. I do think Rocket League needs to get it. I did want to point out, because we were talking about it, that Fire Pro Wrestling, I think very successfully achieved what we're talking about here. The WWE games have been going like more toward this simulation, <laughs> realistic, like really weird, to. like not fun to play. Um, and then they released what was basically a broken game this year. And then these guys were like, well, we don't have access to any of the big names or any of the big, you know, they don't have the exclusive rights deal. We've got the independent wrestlers. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to release an arcadey old school 
fun game to mm-hmm. play. And and I gotta I gotta hand them credit. And I hope they can continue to figure out a way because they can't just put Hulk Hogan on the cover or The Rock on the just cover and expect people to buy it, right? Just don't release a buggy game, and you won't have backlash. <laughs> I gotta say that snowboarding game is not good. Dude, I, I, I don't steep. know. I, I like steep. Steep yeah. is steep is horrible. Yeah. Oh, give me okay. no. If you are so one of the people that's very good at creating your own fun, it's a fun world <laughs> to play. In. But if you want a video game to play, don't play steep. Give me SSX backs, and I'll be happy. I take 1080 snowboarding over that nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Make Police Academy 3 look like Police Academy 4. All right. Yep. All right. Kevin Smith, man. That's right. All right. I know my audience. Okay. Let's. Are we okay with giving it to Rocket League there? I I really do think that's easily a solid win. That's a deserving title. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Similarly, but uh, away from sports, but we like like to compete here so we've got best games for competition the nominees are call of duty Warzone, among us fall guys mlb the show which doesn't deserve to win it but it does have a decent no. online, but we're, we're gonna take can, that can completely the, out can we get the category again because you cut out in the middle of that part Ah, yeah. Best games for competition. Games for competition. You're you're competing with some people out there. You're trying to prove your value. Mortal Kombat Before 11. PUBG. I, again, um, I thought about it, but we uh, we're not really the Fortnite crowd here. You know, they're going to give Fortnite awards on the big no. shows. We don't we don't play Fortnite here. So it's, they've got plenty. Actually, Fort, Fortnite didn't even win last night. So, yeah. Yeah. um, Honestly, my I don't think really any of them really because Modern Warfare, frankly, Warzone is not great. It it's rehashing the same stuff over and over. Now, Plunder is a lot of fun, but I think honestly, if I'm going to give something in that category, which is I almost want to go zero and let's move on, but is um, Among Us, and the only reason I want to say that is because when you start getting live streams going that are raising money for charity and you get AOC playing it. Right. You know, that, that, out the vote. I, mean, that I mean, come on, AOC started up a Twitch channel, you know, and it's actually entertaining to watch her play that game too. Right. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, I don't think much of that really, really deserves it. That's just me personally, but. All right, Rudo, think... make the, make our case for fall guys. Yeah. So I I definitely think Among Us should probably win, but I would argue for Fall Guys because of the wide range of people that can play mm-hmm. it. First of all, there's just enough RNG where even if you're good, sometimes things don't go your way and you won't win. Yep. But skill does definitely make a difference in that game. And it's fun to play with anyone. You could play that with your, your four-year-old kid or your 60-year-old mm-hmm. grandpa, and everyone can have fun playing that game. And, Everybody um, is a jelly bean. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> slightly higher def jelly beans than Among Us is all that is. <laughs> and I would, and like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that though as well. So I'm like, for me, there's not money that really sits. So Rudo's argument. And on a personal well, note, I suck at Among Us, so there's that too. <laughs> maybe maybe fall guys. So this is where he's coming from. <laughs> yep. Uh, so just on that alone, because Rudo is better at it, I think we've got to give the award to Fall Guys. <laughs> oh yeah, I tell you, some of our best streams we had this year was us playing Fall Guys. <laughs> playing so. Fall Guys, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna have to all get in on that for sure. All right, similar but a little different is best co-op game. We're a community here. We've got the DNVR fam. We like playing games with the fam. Sometimes you're against. Sometimes you're with each other. A couple of, well, uh, just the one that, that I guess is in both categories here with Among Us also getting nominated for best co-op game. We've also got the ongoing and newly soon to be updated Overcooked series. Uh, I think they're on two, but with expansions and stuff. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, where the co-op has been widely panned. So I'm going to be very curious to hear everyone's thoughts on the co-op in that game. And Streets of Rage 4. Man, 
I think what, it, no battle toads. <laughs> oh, was there a new battle toad? <laughs> yeah, there was a new battle toads. What new battle you know. Throw it in there. Who cares? We're not doing it. Put it on the list. This is so official. Yeah, the best game the best I, game in this category is Animal Crossing, but it shouldn't win this award. So no, no. <laughs> right. We're gonna get to Animal Crossing later. In no way is this winning. Uh, no. The co-op best co-op. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Streets of Rage. If you're gonna have to give it to something in the category, it's Streets of Rage. As much as I love Animal Crossing and I have six hundred plus hours invested in it, co-op no. Because you are right. locked behind, like if you're doing co-op on the same island, it's the other person's island. What? You're just basically a tenant. Are how are we Hang defining on. co-op? Because in Streets of Rage, you work together, right? Right. But mm-hmm. Among Us, despite having just argued against it, is infinitely more fun when you're playing with your friends. It depends. I, it, mm, I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I I like I. I'm sorry, but I I play brawlers on the regular with friends of mine. We have a group of us that that goes through and. Yeah, sure. Whoops those I, games ass up and down the block. And yeah, I, I should have known my audience here. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just a little bit younger than you guys. So those were just a touch before <laughs> me. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I love me some Streets of Rage. I don't even, yeah. honestly, I really don't even think anything out of that category is great. I mean, Streets of Rage is probably the closest thing to a, a co op if you really wanted to find it as a co op. And Overcooked just makes you hate each other. So, yeah, Overcooked tests your relationships. That's all it does. Uh, we did a whole yes, podcast and, and then Mario- several weeks ago about how there just aren't very many great co-op games. There need to be more of these, especially now that we're all stuck in quarantine with our significant others. Come on, developers. No, just <laughs> look. The Baldur's Gate Three that, is on its way. The death of Switch. Well, really, if you want to, I mean, yeah. if you really want to talk co-op, really. Then I'm going to throw Sackboy into the mix. Sackboy. Launch time. See, I don't know Sackboy. Sackboy. Sackboy's Big Adventure is an actual, it has got four player co op. So you can actually go through every single level with four players. So, I mean, if you really want to go that route, you know, I would say that over like an Animal Crossing. But there you go. It's Sackboy. It's a little big planet. I can't. I can't believe that. How many? How many games did Little Big Planet turn into? Yeah, the, right. That's ridiculous. They're like still making stuff. Yeah, Little Big Planet one, two, and three. You had Little Big Planet karting, and then you had Little Big Planet on the Vita. So this would technically this would be game six. Yeah, it's amazing it's, that it's they managed. And to honestly, little platform. Right. And honestly, it is the f- this this iteration is the best out of all of it. Because it takes all the tediousness of Little Big Planet and throws it out the window, and you don't have to worry about it. It's just strictly platforming now. Uh, get into that. I'm gonna have to check. I'm gonna have to yeah, give it a look again because it's been several years. Mm-hmm. I've like, you yeah, can get it I on mean, the platform. There have been some great co-op platformers over over the years. You know, yes, like absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're out there. It's just that you have to you have to want to find them. Yep. Right. Correct. And a lot, a lot of them will just drown you in nonsense too, and they get away from it. Yep. It's tough. All right. Uh, we're moving on up. We've only got a few categories left, and this one pretty closely resembles some of our favorite games of the year. But uh, you know, sometimes they they call they they try to say like like best graphics or best artistic design, all this other stuff. They get all weird and interesting with how they're trying to define it. We went with. The prettiest game of the year. Look, man. Well, I don't know. I don't. I'm not a graphic designer. I don't know technical details. Yeah. People tell me parts of certain games have bad graphics. I'm like, I thought it looked dope. I didn't know the thing. Uh, so, <laughs> what we're talking about here are the prettiest games of the year. Define that mm-hmm. for yourself, however you want. The nominees are Doom Eternal, Ghosts of Tsushima, Thirteen Sentinels. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right. We already know why the last one's on there. So we're just going to throw also that got for art. <laughs> It got nominated for Best Art Direction at the Game Awards. I didn't make that up. It was gorgeous. No. That game is oh, no, gorgeous. I, it probably doesn't deserve um, to win here. But Final there, Fantasy VII there is, Remake I mean, is good for 
Hey, and I know I, the graphical you know things Drew, people talk about. I, yeah. I, I, the, the stuff with the doors and the rocks having low tethers for and, a game that's as beautiful yeah. as that one is. I, I could not care less. But I, I feel for, for me, it's Ghost. When you're getting into the point where I'm taking more photos in photo mode than actually playing the game, and those photos, when you compare them to like their almost real-life counterparts, you cannot tell the difference. That's where I get... You know that, and that's that's just running it. That was on the PS4 Pro. You know, 30 frames per second with you know HDR enabled. But that game is just absolutely beautiful. Between you know the cherry blossoms, the rivers, the mountains, everything like that. So to me, that is my choice. Above all of them. Can I can I segue this into my favorite game related side story of the year? Oh, please be the one I was about to tell. (laughs) Is it is it the Red Dead Redemption story? That's exactly what it is. Oh. Are you talking yes. about the one that where the the one person is sending in uh, yes. photo mode shots to the news, yeah. <laughs> sending them to the news, and they keep putting them on the news broadcast? This beautiful yes. picture of Oregon. It's like, nah, man. <laughs> Amazing. Romantic yeah, I was. Content. I was tempted to start sending them in Ghost of Tsushima shots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, fantastic. Oh so Cyberpunk so, hasn't yet been. It's not. It, well, it doesn't get I'm to gonna, be I'm gonna in any of this. Well, I'm going to disagree with Cyberpunk altogether because the only version that's running even cleanly right yeah. now is on PC. Um, console is absolute trash right now. Um, that game should have been a next gen exclusive. Yeah. Um, there's so many problems with texturing, lighting, um, bugs. I mean, you name it. They're going to have a lot of work, and they just did a 50 gig day one patch. Um, Cyberpunk, absolutely, because I got to see the presentation at E3 um, last year. I mean, of course, that was running on a PC. That game on PC is absolutely stunning. I will agree with you on that. But um, from a console perspective, I, yeah. I mean, the same thing is kind of true with Flight Simulator. Like, you have to have a Mm -hmm. beast of a computer to really make it look as good as it can. My uh, my best friend was messaging me also during raid last night, uh, <laughs> freaking out about cyberpunk, and he was like, "This is the yep. most beautiful game I've ever seen." And he has he absolutely yep. has one of those high end PCs because he's one just of the, been going yeah. crazy this year. Yep. Um, yeah. So it, for me, it's one of those. His mind yeah. about it. <laughs> just it's amazing. I like. Yep. Yeah, th- this is uh, one of the probably the most subjective that, that you're going to get, right? Um, I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima yet, but it, it looks absolutely gorgeous just, just to look at. It. I know. Hey, look, man. Okay. <laughs> limited, limited time, limited budget. It is on. I actually think uh, it's on the. I actually, because my PS5 should arrive tomorrow, by the way. Thank you to DNVR member Kenneth, by the way. It's a whole fun story there. But. Um, there's between three games that I want to be my first next gen experience and cyberpunk yeah. had been in the mix. And so I'm looking to see, you know, if these wait for the things, wait for, the next wait for patches. I'm wait, yep, wait for the next, gen patch next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then the other two, just to, to get the up to, and then Spider-Man miles Morales mm-hmm. to, to play. Miles Morales so. just got a new update where it's 60 frames per second with ray tracing. And it is absolutely stunning. So I may go Miles Morales on you there. Again, re- released a little too late. <laughs> Damn you! Okay. Uh, to be nominated, All right. but notes uh, to Ori and the Will of the Wisps and Thirteen yeah. Sentinels as well. Those games are absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. Ori always reminds me of trying. It yeah, mm-hmm. just just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous games that get overlooked by everybody. Yep. Also, really, Ori is Ori is gorgeous, and I own them both on my Switch. It's yeah, just it's pretty, but personally, again, compared to Ghost, it's hard for me to immerse myself in a world like Ori just based on how they present the game Mm -hmm. from a camera angle. Whereas with Ghosts, you're like you're sitting in a field and you like can imagine yourself there. Yep. It's the it's it's the full world experience for sure, but yeah, and I, I even find that a lot of the games that 
over the years that I found to be like the prettiest are some of those like smaller games like mm-hmm. Entwined or Journey or something like that, where it's like Journey true. winning game of the year is still one of those things that makes me want to punch a baby in its soft spot. <laughs> oh really? It's so <laughs> absurd, dude. It's just so. Yeah, absurd. I'm not sure it's really game of the. Well, I don't know. Journey is pretty great. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'd have to see what else is nominated that year. Journey, know. Journey was like Journey. It's not a knock on Journey. It's just right. I figured game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I, I I see what you're saying, and I think I can agree mm-hmm. with that, yeah. Uh, but I would nominate for something like Prettiest or something. But, uh, yeah, it, it is more impressive when you can create a full world like that. All right, the big one, the big honking one, and we can even add to this if we need to uh, because, really, everything's on the table at this point. This is the opportunity for everyone to just talk about their favorite game from this year because we've come to – game of the year and we we don't necessarily have to do it the same way that the game awards did though honestly i'm not sure that there's anything that we feel like we need to talk about in this category i think they did a pretty good job honestly of their nominees for game of the year and for recognizing kind of outstanding Mm -hmm. games this year matt you 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 know you work in the industry you're you're more plugged into it than we are did you feel like there were any so, so I'll put it out that way. You know, the nominees, I'll, so, I'll throw them and then I'll say what's Yeah, what are your nominees? The nominees were, mm-hmm. they're basically the same, right? We, we don't have anything different here. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Ghost of Tsushima, The Last of Us 2. So from that perspective, you know, I've I've beaten and I've played through Last of Us. Um, I've done Ghost, of course, Animal Crossing, I think. For me, my my trio though was Ghost of Tsushima winning game of the year. That's my personal game of the year with Animal Crossing second and Last of Us third. Um, Animal Crossing for me, I looked at it for what did it wh- look what it did for the gaming community this year. We go in lockdown and it gave everybody something to do. You know, and it's to the point where you could not buy a copy anywhere. I mean, we're talking they sold more in that first month than they did the entire last generation that had an animal crossing. Right. When you think about it, I mean, it's, it, it is on their top 20 list now. Um, but for me, it's ghost, um, you know, just for everything from the storytelling. I mean, sucker punch did an amazing job with this game. Yes. They did borrow some mechanics from uncharted and horizon. Um, but overall to story, the graphics, the mechanics, just the amount of detail and they paid to the history of Japan during, you know, feudal Japan era. Um, I mean, they even went over to Japan, did the research last of us, I think is the darling, like we all talked about. Right. And that, yes, absolutely. I, I love Neil Druckmann and company at naughty dog. Um, you know, I'm kind of like a walking poster boy for naughty dog. I have all the uncharted shirts, all the statues, everything. But that being said, I think the story went in a direction that, in some ways didn't necessarily need to go in some of that way. Um, you know, they, to me, some of the violence wasn't necessary. Um, but for me, it overall, it was ghost. All right. AJ, give us the, the, the animal. You've been waiting for the moment. You've been waiting for the time. And, and really, again, what I want this to be is us just singing the praises of the games we loved this year. It doesn't, uh, you know, have to be versus the other mm-hmm. tell us what was so great about animal crossing new horizons this year i mean i think the big thing with animal crossing this year was that it transcended gaming i mean matt matt yes. touched on it beautifully there but it it became a cultural touchstone one of the things that yes. we are going to remember the most about quarantine the life of quarantine <laughs> in 2020 is right. when all of us suddenly decided that we had to play Animal Crossing. Now, there are people like me who've been playing Animal Crossing half my life, and so it was just like, I, I remember... Game, yep, one of our, GameCube one of our, OG. Like, one of our first ever podcasts that we did for DNVR mm-hmm. Gaming was right. me freaking out about Animal Crossing. Right. And then yep. it got released, and everybody else was sitting at home like, well, that looks cute. I mean... To AJ's point, like transcending, right, is we had a group text going amongst all our friends going, what do you have for sale in your shop today? And we would take screenshots and send it to everybody and go, hey, you know, what are you selling? And we'd open gates yeah. and really come over and come visit and, and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's transcended. A, our, our, our WoW Guild was in a, a bunch of us played Animal Crossing together. 
and we were doing beat the stock market together. So we were we were all yep. buying them. We were all buying them up, and we were all doing everything. You know, checking the prices, and then okay, well, whoever has the mm-hmm. highest, who's got the we're best going one? To that island, and we're all just gonna sell. My wife and I do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> totally, we, tra- right. we travel between islands. So, um, with that though, Drew, I do have to drop though. It is that top of the hour out here, and you know, yep. eight o'clock out here in, yep. in the wet or in the east, rather. So. Yeah, that's um, why I wanted to get you there and, and sing the praises for Ghost Man. I really appreciate it. Tell Ghost is, they yeah, Ghost is amazing. Game Night, so Crashing Game Night, we are on all platforms, you know, whether it's Pandora, iHeartRadio, you know, iTunes. Um, CrashingGameNight.com is the best place to go, though, for our articles. Um, you know, we've got our archive there for all of our episodes. You can follow us on Crashing Game Night. Um, you know, we've got it on Twitter at CGN underscore Matt um, or CGN Podcast. But yeah, we're uh, we have a very big episode coming up next week that actually, Drew, you are going to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's gonna be fun. We're gonna be talking to some fun people, man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna catch up with John Eric Bentley again. Man. That's gonna be fun. Yep, absolutely. No, this was a blast. Um, you know, next time we'll have to not talk about so much the game of the year and stuff, and maybe talk about why Reach is actually a little bit higher on the list. No, no, <laughs> no, get him out of here, cut him. <laughs> He's got to go. I, was gonna say, I love that he dropped that at the end after doing all the other work. Like, don't, don't start with going that. so well. Get him out. <laughs> Matt, you know I, I love you, brother. You know I love oh, you. Thank bro. you so much for hanging out with us, and we'll yep. see you some other time. We'll have you back on. Oh, yeah, get me back on. Absolutely. Again. Anytime. Yeah. All right. Take care, man. We're going to see you. We'll see you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> quick We're gonna do, there. do a, a quick shuffle. All right, Rudo, what was your favorite gaming experience of the year? I mean, I think they, they covered the correct answers, but my favorite experience has been Shadowlands by a long shot. As someone who hadn't played WoW in over a decade, who vowed that the game sucks and I hate it, and then I came back to BFA and the game sucked and I hated it. <laughs> And then I got Shadowlands, and for the past two weeks, I've been staying up till 4 or 5 a.m. every night. Do not want to put the game down, and it's just amazing. It it feels like I'm a 13-year-old kid again, like, discovering that MMOs are a thing. So, And Rudo and I do raids together, and I'm yeah, very excited yeah, right. about that. All, it's, it's crazy how you can build a community. Totally. It's, it's actually crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. not, uh, seriously yeah. though, like not we're not. It's not part of the game of the year discussion. But um, my first ever WoW experience was BFA. I didn't enjoy it very much. I I enjoyed it because it let me play video games with a cute girl that I would very much like to marry someday. But <laughs> it um, uh, beyond that, like the it just wasn't very fun. It was something that I had a lot of problems with. The story wasn't great. I was not engrossed in it. Uh, it, it just the, the things that you did in the expansion weren't very fun. And now in Shadowlands, I I was playing. I was I was on Shadowlands immediately before this podcast. As soon as it ends, I will hop right back on. Uh, I was up until four o'clock in the morning trying to get more gear because I am way behind our raid group. Um, I it's it's just it, it's for me. It's it's really fun, but it also reminds me a lot of when I was hardcore playing guild wars one and had a group that i played with in the community and you know just spending time with people with common interests and you know you have a common goal of like hey we're gonna we're gonna push this castle down we're we're gonna tear this thing down from the inside and Um, and it's great and it's a lot of fun but really just the expansion itself is just so much better there's so much to do there's so many cool ideas the very castlevania-esque Torghast runs yeah. are awesome. Um, they they can be a little bit long, but for the most part, you're hoping really for short layers for sure. <laughs> yeah, like the because because you're you're at the mercy of the randomized dungeon system, and sometimes you just get like Z Z and I did uh, a run where blew right through it, no real problem. We did another run where it was like we walk into the first room on like the fourth or fifth floor, and it was like like five bosses, and we're yeah. like. What is this? Like what the <laughs> hell, dude? Like this is this is chaos. So it, it you know it's it's a really good time though, and it's such a cool system to implement into WoW. Uh and then and then you have all the other regular WoW things that yep. 
that they that they've built on over the years that they've executed it's, much better this time around absolutely and you know i'm i come i come from being a hardcore guild wars player and now i'm like this is a great wow experience yep. i've thoroughly enjoyed this i've i've more excited to play shadowlands than i am the next guild wars 2 expansion i didn't even finish the last guild wars expansion because i was so meh about it wow yeah. you guys introduced mounts and now you guys make me run around with all these crazy quests to do them and it just was not it just it wasn't it's gone a, it's gone a direction i haven't liked whereas shadowlands is awesome it's gone a direction that i've really enjoyed i also love this comment that payday 2 needs to be the best ongoing game because that game is mad underrated and i used to play the hell out of it back in the day with friends because robbing banks with your friends is a really good time i was so bad at that game <laughs> i was i was too i was bad at it but it was a lot of fun and that it's continued to be supported the way that it has is awesome. Um, I don't have a problem with No Man's Sky getting it because I thought that was they've, cool. They've poured so much into it to Damn. make it realize its initial potential after yeah. such an awful launch. That right. kudos to them for for making good on the the promises eventually. Rename that award the comeback game of the year. And yeah, no for, Man's Sky totally by a mile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh. Um, yeah, I think uh, an expansion saving one of the most important franchises in video game history is pretty big news for the year of 2020. So it's, it's uh, great to hear as someone who's never really been into it that Shadowlands is doing the work and keeping it around because even if it's not my thing, it should be a thing and it should be a good thing. Uh, and so <laughs> that's really important. And I'll I'll finish my final thoughts on saying the part, of course, everybody knew was was coming from me, which was and, and it's actually, you know, it's kind of funny that I didn't expect Final Fantasy VII Remake to win Game of the Year from anybody else. And I, I don't even think like it's just, just in such a weird place. I think what's actually more important is that it's just here at all and that most people recognize that it belongs in that kind of category because there may not have been a more high risk game to make in 2020 than remaking one of the most important games of all time, remaking one of the most beloved games of all time and changing a bunch of shit. And I mean, and, and dramatically changing things. We live in a world where, and we've talked about this before, lots of things get remade, most of them lazily and for cash grab reasons. And they could very easily have done that. And that they released something that, matters to people and and that's something it's it's this this thing mattered to people before right it it, it and i'm one of those people it, it final fantasy 7 isn't just a game it's a place it was a place i would return to once every two or three years i would go home to this place and i would be with these people and i would listen to this music and i would experience a different kind of existence and they were like we're gonna try to give you that exact experience but in a modern way that wows you again. And their task was almost impossible. They could have ruined it 99 ways out of 100, and they didn't. They nailed it. Uh, and so, yeah, other games are, you know, naturally more innovative because they're new. And there's some filler and stuff in Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's ultimately a 30-hour experience. There are things about it that can be better, but it, it for a lot for millions of people it was the most emotional gaming experience of 2020 and and there was just no way or, it was going to be one way or the other the, and those emotions could have been remarkably negative right and so that they produced something of of such extraordinary quality for people like me for whom you know final fantasy is more than than games those are my stories right those are those are my worlds that's my place that's my home that's where i go to <laughs> that they did like that's, straight that, up, that's gonna be your stories instead of uh, instead of somebody watching Murder She Wrote in the time. <laughs> straight home, up, your stories is gonna be Final Fantasy. <laughs> straight uh, up, the way Drew, my mom, Grandpa Drew, playing the stories alone. again. Just playing the stories, man. These are my stories. The you know, and and I know there are a lot of people out there who we were all very nervous, right? That someone's gonna mess with my stories. And, it, and they didn't. They told it to us again in such a loving, heartfelt way. And, and you see a lot of the critiques out there that do exist about 7 Remake, but none of them are, this was put together lazily, or this was put together to 
exploit people. This was put together as a love letter to people who loved the original thing. And that's so difficult to pull off this well. It's it's interesting that you were afraid of them screwing it up and the remaster of the Mass Effect trilogy is something that I'm just like, oh my God, I can absolutely use it. This already amazing series has so much potential to get even better that they could seriously put this thing into the next level if they get it right. And if they screw it up, the trilogy is still amazing. So I'm, I'm still excited to replay it. Right. But it's definitely does. It does have that. Like if they don't live up to my expectations, this is, this is going to be a disappointment and it will, and it will leave a lasting mark on what I view as maybe the most important gaming franchise of my life just on a personal level it would be it would be very close between right. guild wars and between guild wars and halo um mass effect is right i mean of those 3 i only have one tattoo between those 3 right. so arguably the most important one Sounds like, yeah yeah uh, and yeah it's just it's it's a tough it's a tough tightrope to walk. I was I was gonna make a movie analogy, but I'm not sure there's one. It's like the classics, right? But like if they announced they were remaking Citizen Kane or something, and people were like, wait, what? And then it well, ended up being so, yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. Is like that's why I realized the analogy didn't totally work. I was like, whatever you think the the greatest movie of all time is, whatever that is to you, imagine somebody said to you, we're gonna remake that, and then they did, and it was good enough to get nominated for an Academy Award. Not necessarily be the best picture of the year, but good enough that nobody get that blinks that it was not. Like, that would, that would be so difficult to pull that off. Uh, so, I mean, Matrix remarkable. 4 is coming out, like, next year, right? So, My man. <laughs> what is? I'm saying. Matrix 4. Matrix, yeah. Oh, my God. OG <laughs> Matrix is dope. It's not oscar worthy well in some ways it is in in its in the ways it was in its time it was very very aggressive in in that side sure but yeah today it does not hold up the writing and the acting is awful uh but you know the idea was good and on that note so so we're we're not we're not even going to go we started with nobody gets an award because no one was deserving an an award in our sports category i think our game of the year is whatever your game of the year was, whatever your favorite game of the year experience was for you. That was the best game of the year. So for me, it happened to be final fantasy seven remake AJ, some new, uh, some new <laughs> horizons in the animal crossing shadowlands. Yep. Those are all games of the year. That's the great thing about this medium I, is, is we all get to entertain ourselves. I would like to, Shout out Genshin Impact, not because it's necessarily a good game and screw all the microtransaction <laughs> stuff, but it in a, it's helping innovate the crossover between proper gaming and mobile gaming. Uh, you know, the, the number of games you can count that play well on console or PC as well as on your phone is very, very limited. Hearthstone, our sponsor, WGT Golf. And those games are not, pretty there isn't a lot of animation on the screen and somehow Genshin Impact managed to make a very visceral game look great both on PC and on a phone so just wanted to shout them out definitely not not near as good as some of these other games but was (laughs) worth a mention worth a shout out well let us know out there what your favorite game of the year was and what games you're looking forward to most next year so that we know what to be on the lookout for this was a lot of fun really want to appreciate uh, well, I want to appreciate, I do appreciate, and I want to thank Matt DiOrio for swinging by. Remember to check out Crashing Game Night and all the fun stuff they're doing there. Like you said, I'm going to be on that show next week. So if you want to check it out, we're going to be talking Final Fantasy VII with some of the voices of the Final Fantasy VII remake. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. Make sure you're following the DNVR Gaming and DNVR Watches. You're subscribing to both of those podcast feeds. You know, Friday we're doing these live shows on Periscope and Twitch and YouTube. And then a little bit after that at eight o'clock, we do our Mandalorian watches and there's another DNVR podcast coming your way. So make sure you're hanging out with all of us. You're subscribing to the DNVR.com. You're drinking your Breck brew and your Strava craft coffee. You're playing your WGT golf because, well, that's how we get to do this thing is that they hook us up. 
with a little bit of sponsorship. You hook them up with a little bit of playing a free video game. Seems like you guys kind of come out on the better end of that deal. I feel like it sort of works out pretty well for all of us. So again, download it at dnvrgolf.com today. Join the DNVR4 Country Club and just keep playing fun games out there and hanging out with us every week. And until next time, be at the, no, not at the ballpark. At the game. I almost did my other damn sign off. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Oh, there man. Yeah. Quite today. We'll see you at the virtual ballpark. <laughs> we'll see you inside the video games, people. <laughs> Bye.